All right, welcome back to Off the Table, where myself, Chase from On the Table Gaming, and my wife, Heather, oh. are going to be talking about Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 1, titled Winterfell. Heather, what were your, uh, your overall thoughts of this episode? But it was good. Uh, the opening sequence, the new opening sequence, was amazing. Um, With, like the whoever, tiles flipping over. Whoever's job that is just like knocks it out of the park. Um, I always enjoy that. Like every season to see I like how they set up where the show is going to be visiting because like kind of like a little sneak peek of what to expect so having it look completely different for this season with the hole in the wall and the blue tiles showing the march of the night's king and then getting to go into the, the winterfell crypts and then the throne room at king's landing oh I thought it was so great and then I, I will admit I didn't actually pick up on this in first viewing, but the astrolabe that they show that like is like in the cuts between the different parts of what they're showing had different carvings on them from past seasons. And so obviously like there's a lot of talk about what are these things mean and different theories and stuff, but I just thought it was interesting that up until now they had depicted kind of these events in history. So season one through seven, the carvings were showing the doom of Valeria and then Robert's rebellion, these like big things that we didn't see that happened before the show started. And then this time around, they had three different images, one being Viserion burning a hole through the wall, which obviously happened last season. And then the second carving was presumably a depiction of the red wedding because it was like a lion with a fish in its mouth, which would be House Lannister and House Tully. And then body of a wolf full of arrows and then a flayed man holding like a wolf's decap decapitated head. And then the third image, which I think is like the most up for interpretation as to like what they're trying to depict was an image of a big dragon and then three smaller dragons. And then I think there were some horses also. So it could be that the large dragon is Daenerys and like the three smaller dragons in the background are her dragons. Hmm. No. So I think there's also like a comet in the background of that carving. I thought that was just those small, small touches that they throw in there that, like I said, you might not pick up the first second time around, but that you go back and you're like, wait a minute. Like, I just love how they throw those little things in like that, those little Easter eggs for you to like catch. Um, it just makes you want to watch it more than once. Yeah, absolutely. It's just fun too. Like over the past X number of years now, hearing the this, the music cue and you know, even that like HBO like static noise before when it's like boom, uh, the home box office sign. Uh, I just you know I associate that with Game of Thrones and just seeing the credits start up, just I get so excited. Yeah, it's almost like when I hear that HBO song, I automatically think of Game of Thrones now over any other HBO show, which is pretty funny. And I really like the way this episode started out with like a lot of throwbacks. Really, I think a lot there's been a lot of talk online already about like the parallels between this episode, episode one of season eight and episode one of season one with the entrance of Robert's forces coming up that kind of starts the whole thing in motion with Robert's entourage and you see Cersei 
and uh, Jamie and Tyrion and all the other Lannisters who shall not be named, who are thankfully dead now. <laughs> but uh, the same, there was, a, I saw like a replay side by side between the two. And like when the Hound shows up in the, in the procession, it's at like the exact same time that the Hound shows up in the original procession. So they like even synced it up. And the parallel between like Arya running and trying to find a spot and that little boy trying to run and, and be able to see what's going on and climbing a tree, her kind of making room for him as he goes by. I thought that was just like a really clever way to bring things full circle. I was going to say it's a very cyclical and I wonder if that's like a setup for how the rest of the season plays out. Yeah, I don't know. And I think we'll get to how the episode ended, but you know, it, it <laughs> really drove forward the idea that you know, we've come full circle. We're back at the beginning. And so, you know, now it's time to to break the cycle. Okay, so what reunion were you most looking forward to? Because we know everybody, we knew last season, everybody is coming back to Winterfell, right? All the main characters are kind of making their way to Winterfell. And like some of these people haven't seen each other in years. Right. So who were you most looking forward to seeing reunite? Uh, I think my big ones are, I think certainly John and Arya. That for one, sure. you know, just because Arya's been so far away for so long. I mean, she's been on a different continent. She had that old whole like training montage, and and you know, frankly, I, you know, I hope she is pivotal in this season because otherwise, her like whole plot line, like what was it for? There's a lot of time spent on her, you know, being blind or getting this training and. And uh, I really want to see it come to fruition and not have it just be like a thing that happened. Yeah, it wasn't my favorite reunion. Uh, that came later, so I won't say yet. But John and Bran, I just, I did, sometimes Game of Thrones has like really, these really funny throwaway lines. And when he hugs Bran and he's like, you're a man now. And Bran's like, almost. Like that was funny. But Cause like, he's, cause he's not haha, but like he's more, like, he's more tree yeah. <laughs> now than man. Sometimes. Yeah. Game of Thrones throws in these <laughs> lines that you're like, well, wow, that's really funny. Actually. Like there's a little bit of comedy in there. Well, the one, the one reunion that I'm waiting for, uh, that we haven't seen since John died. Where's ghost. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people were asking that question is, um, did ghost go the way of Gendry? Like, is he just like, he's, out? he's in a rowboat somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Cause when's the last time we saw ghost? Yeah. When, when John died on that episode, he's barking and, you know, or growling and he gets murdered and he's not out and about since then. He's not at the battle of the bastards. He's not on screen since then it can't be like a cgi thing right because we had dragons or are they well, just saying cgi dragon trumps cgi I wolf well i mean i guess it's the hair particles you have to do and when a creature is like fantastical um there's a certain amount of uncanny valley you can avoid right where people just are like oh well it's a dragon like, i guess that's how dragons look but when it's like a, a big wolf or something it's like well i know how a dog looks or a wolf looks anything like kind of off in the animation is going to really make it seem even more fake uh, if you look at like kind of like some of the lion king images from things recently but it may just be a budget thing which is sad i know the fan theory i've heard is that uh where's ghost maybe maybe he's being worn by daenerys because that's a pretty fancy outfit she had there I would be so messed up. <laughs> I would not be on board with that. Uh, I do feel of... I feel like ghosts will make an appearance at some point, right? I hope I mean, so. They, they can't Unless they forget like... him. Like, I mean, is he gonna he's like sitting down in the woods like watching John flatter on dragons and he's like, uh, 
John, really? Or I mean, I guess his name is Ghost. Maybe. He's haunting he, things? No, he just like ghosted us. Oh. Yeah, there was, a, there, was a, <laughs> there was a prodigious lack of animals in this episode uh, besides just ghosts. We got, we got dragons, but we're missing some other key players. Yeah, who are those key players? Where are my elephants? Uh, me and Cersei God. are equally disappointed. <laughs> I want elephants. Where's the war elephants? Come Again, on. Again, the CGI. Sorry, Cersei. We just couldn't CGI some elephants up for you. Oh, I want to see some. Uh, do you have to CGI an elephant? Get an elephant. You know, have a. I want to see dragons and elephants. There's the mix of the ages. I feel like elephants would not do so well on boats, no. though. Yeah, I guess. I guess they made some points there. Practically speaking, it seems like not a good idea. <laughs> what did you think of that reunion? Euron and Cersei back together again. Oh, uh, that was weird. Euron just like kind of creeps me out. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's the point, but there's something about him. He is the one character in the series that I feel like I feel as though they are playing a character. Like he seems like he's so dramatic and I don't know. It doesn't seem like a real person to me. I mean, he did get Cersei to sleep with him. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like he's he's got some sort of weird plot armor. He's like super confident. He goes out and just he achieves and succeeds without like with like minimal effort, it seems. And it's like everything seems to be going his way when like nobody else gets that. Like everybody else, it's like, maybe this will work out for me. And like, nope, I got captured by Ramsey. Or like, maybe this is like, no, you got gra- dragon scale. Like things aren't going so hot for you. Or your your husband dies and you have a witch doctor try to bring him back and it eh, doesn't work. Well, while he's like getting it on with Cersei, Theon does come in and him and Yara do sail away with some of their ships. So with the most the most daring rescue of all times. One seems very concerned about it, though. I know there's a giant flotilla. Now they go on at night. I guess the crew is mute, which is maybe a problem already in itself. And they steal three ships and sail off. Now, that was like, I know I was joking about it online and some people were like, what are you talking about? Like, you can't, you know, why are you being so serious about this? I'm just joking. But the idea being that like they were able to steal these three ships and sail off in the dead of night, like maybe, like it's challenging. But then it's like that entire flotilla's there and like his command ship is just on the edge like or just you know yeah they don't really i mean it could just be like a plot device right Ma- and maybe so, it's so us, we're just supposed right, to ignore that like nobody right. cares but, you know we're 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 east coast we're on the shoreline here i've spent some time sailing and if there was a, a giant set of ships like that like and i'm trying to sail out of the harbor in the middle of the night or i guess they're you know they're docked out there that's that's kind of like challenging to navigate in itself and now they are you know expert sailors etc but that was kind of one of those like eh, okay like i'll give it to you I'm interested to see where that arc goes. So we know Theon wants to go back to Winterfell to fight alongside the Starks. Yeah. And that makes sense, right? Because that's the completion of that character's arc. Right. And then what happens um, when you complete an arc? I mean, he's dying for die. sure. <laughs> you don't think <laughs> but, he sits on the Iron Throne? Uh, I think that's he's pretty low down on my list of okay. people who might make it to the end. But I'm curious to see what happens with Yara. So she's going to take the rest of the fleet back to the Iron Islands, and they're going to, I guess, wait and see what happens at Winterfell. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I'm curious if that still play if mm. if uh, that plays a part going forward. Like, because she does make a good point. There are, there are islands. Can the White Walkers get to them? Are I'll they safe? What. Oh, I mean, for sure, Viserion I mean, can get over there. Is, but... is that an episode that just, like, at the start of the episode, 
this ice white dragon flies over and just you know destroys the iron islands and is like we're good now like peace bye I mean, i'm just am curious as to if they if that comes back again this season or if it's just like we're done with that okay well what about uh speaking of all these uh interactions what about the magic carpet ride moment <laughs> i mean okay i've been waiting for john to ride a dragon right we yep. as an audience no, he's a Targaryen. So we're like waiting for this moment. So I'll be honest, like I wanted to see him ride a dragon. Was it everything but, you hoped it would be? Oh, it just got kind of lame. I can <laughs> show you the world. I feel like it was unnecessary to like have that whole scene. I don't know. Some people might disagree. I understand that they wanted us to, sh they want us to see that he can ride a dragon. That part was important to his character, but I was like, uh, you could have like flown your dragons out to see like where the Night's King is. Maybe do a little reconnaissance. She doesn't want to get lanced again. That would be the ending. Oh, another spear. Just get kind of an idea. Like, How about I don't know. fly the other way and be like, are the Lannisters coming up here to help us? Let's just, you know, show flex our muscles a little bit. Like, remember us? We, we like vaporized half of your army before. We're back. Yeah, no. Instead, they go on like a dragon riding date. And then like we creepy dragons stare as they like. Yeah. John's they're, like get ready to make out. And the dragon's like, what's up? On my other point that I didn't think about until after was so Danny's just like cool with John being able to ride the dragons. Yeah. Like, that's what I mean. Does, does she, she know something's know? up? Yeah. I don't what know. She's she just like kind of suspicious of like, Hey, my dragon seemed to like this person enough to let him ride them. I should be suspect of that. Like, or is that, you know, the dragons also reacted somewhat well to Tyrion. Is she just like, I guess my dragons like some people, the people that I really like or come to like. I guess, but there's a difference between like not yeah, flaming not somebody and... and letting someone ride them. Well, maybe I don't know. And, and and then do the dragons know the difference? Are the dragons like, yeah, we know you're a Targaryen. Is that what the look was to John? Was it like, like dude, you that's your aunt? That. Like, whoa. I don't know. That's an interesting point. I wonder if they'll explore that more. But I guess there's no real reason for them to circle back to that, right? It's not like one of those Star Wars things where it's like, you're my sister. And she's like, yeah, like, I always knew that. And you're like, <laughs> like, we made out. Like, what? I don't think she knows. I don't think that she knows he's a Targaryen. But I just think in my mind, I was like, you should. Why are you not more suspicious of him being able to ride a dragon? And well, like, she was urging him to do it. Right. She was like, come on. Give yeah. It a shot. Like she seemed totally cool with it. Which... How uh, she made a joke about it. Like, oh, well, if it doesn't work out, like you'll basically. Be killed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, like, that would have been a, a sad possibility, right? <laughs> it's like, I came back from the dead and sure. I fell. He just fell yeah. off. Yeah. Oh. And I know we're, like, skipping kind of ahead here, but I feel like it just leads into then the quote-unquote big reveal of the episode, even though, like I said, we as an audience already know John's heritage. Uh, but he doesn't know, although he kind of knows. Right, because he, when Sam is telling him in the crypt, it's one I'm, of those situations where it's like, "Ooh, I know what you're saying is true, but like, yeah. I don't want to believe it because I like that, that means really I have well all done. this responsibility now." 
I thought that was really well done. And I like the tie-in once again to season one when Ned says, hey, next time I see you, I'll tell you who your mother is. And then he's standing yep. in front of Ned. And the next time yep. he sees Ned, yep. he finds out. That's, well that was done. great. I uh, like it when it makes it seem like there's a lot of foresight into like why they do these things and that everything has a reason and a purpose. Well, I think on that on that note, though, too, it was almost a little heavy handed how much throughout this episode they had John repeating how he doesn't want the crown. He doesn't want to right. be king. Like, right, there's a lot of instances of that. And so you're like, well, guess what? <laughs> like, actually, you are the rightful heir to the throne. So I feel like that was almost a little heavy-handed throughout the episode. But I see what they're doing. Right. You know, we didn't need to be told how many times John doesn't want to be king. We know he doesn't right. want that responsibility, even though he is, it's his rightful I, I just uh, love the layers, and uh, I, there was a few moments in the last season where I, I started to worry, like, is the writing going downhill? And, and there are, there's one or two things in this episode that I, I take you know uh, issue with, but I think it's still, even though George R. R. Martin hasn't, there were way ahead of the books, I still feel like they're capturing his ability to do uh, really good ensemble writing, right? Where he's got a bunch of these other characters going on, and they're all kind of circling these points, and as they get closer, certain threads close off, and it really gets a lot of like the political intrigue and excitement of, of, of this world. And I love how now that the circle is getting so close, these characters after so much time are coming together and there's still these tensions that make it like very real. And, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about how things are going to turn out now that, you know, Danny has told Sam that she basically like roasted his family. Oh, my heart. My yeah. heart. <laughs> but now, now we got the situation where he's John's like most trusted friend. And he's, you know, there's some issues now with him and, and Daenerys. And he has concerns about her ruling and how she rules. And he's planting those seeds of doubt in John's mind. And so how all these characters are getting so much closer, but they're not losing a lot of their agency, right? Now, that being said, on the flip side, a character that maybe I felt was kind of not having a lot of agency or it's maybe losing their some of the core pieces of their, their character was Tyrion this episode. Ah. Uh. Yeah, so I am a little confused as to where they're taking that character because the fact that, and even I love that like Sansa calls him out on it, is him believing that Cersei is sending the Lannister army. I don't understand like why his character would believe that to be true. Right. And and that he wouldn't be warning of it. Um, I think maybe he's just maybe he was just kind of like coasting this episode. And then when Jamie enters the picture fully, maybe they'll see more of that character developed and that interaction between him and his brother. And maybe seeing how his brother's changed and how he has changed will be a, a significant moment. Uh, I am. It will be interesting to see the two of them uh, reconnect. I'm assuming next episode. And then we got the, the creepy moments of this episode. There were quite a few. Um, <laughs> there always are. Let's, let's start with that little Umber kid. Uh, that is the stuff of nightmares. What, that was Can like, I just a, say, that yeah. was unexpected. And it was horrific. like John Carpenter's like the thing. I get this like weird creature vibe and that whole part, I was waiting for the jump scare, waiting for the jump scare. And then of course, like I calmed down. I was like, oh, okay, Thormund's okay. 
And then it was, you know, that creepy noise and man. And and they burned it. But yeah, that whole. Yeah, thankfully, umber, they had a flaming sword, right? <laughs> yeah, which is so cool. I, and that never gets old. It's like, I want to just, if I was, I, I couldn't be Beric because I just always go around doing that like every second. Although he kind of does too. So <laughs> who knows? He knows it's cool. He does. He's aware. Yeah, that was really creepy. So, you know, what's the deal with that? Like, why are we, you know, sending that sort of message so he knows people are going to come up and find that? Or they just, they like to like bury corpses out in the woods and make circles and spirals. Like, he's just like really into art. It's like a phase he's going through. I almost hope a little bit, and this is just because like, I like conflict, that they just never explain that weird <laughs> night Knight's King art. Because it's been pretty, you know, there are other examples of them leaving these, like, patterns of dead bo- human bodies or, like, the horse bodies. Yeah. Um, And they're not exactly the same, right? They're always, like, kind of a slightly different pattern, even if they are, like, the swirls, like, there's a different number. Um, I think it'd be kind of funny if they just, like, don't resolve that in any way it's just like yeah it's just like a hobby yeah everyone's got a hobby some people like to whittle i like to arrange corpses and and i mean you got to do something with the bodies right a mass grave is this just they're like yeah no i thought it was thought it was nice there's so many theories out there about like what are they they're this sigil or that sigil right or like, or like oh the, the children of the forest actually also do these symbols that we saw like in the caves um or maybe with- it's like the inverse of the targaryen symbol yeah, there's so many theories. I just think it'd be really funny if they were just like, eh, yeah, we're just not going to explain that one. Other other creepy things in this episode? I mean, Bran, but just... I think he's creepy just in general. <laughs> like, that actor, like, <laughs> I wonder if he, like, creeps himself out. He's just staring everybody down this episode. I mean, he creeps himself out. What do you mean? Like, he wakes up in the morning, he looks in the mirror, and he's like, whoa. Like, wow, I have a creepy face. <laughs> what? That's so mean. <laughs> I want to get, like, I, I've never in my life purchased one of those, like, cardboard cutouts of, like, a celebrity or a basketball player or whatever. <laughs> I just want one of those of Brand the Wheels so they can, like, put random places and take oh, away. Oh, that'd be so creepy. I'm just gonna, when you, wait, when you wake up, I'm going to have it in the shower, behind the shower no. curtain. <laughs> Yeah, he's just there to, like, creep on everybody and, like, interject into, like, conversations. He's like, let me tell you about what you need to know. I don't have time for this. He's like that. He's like a weird, like, NPC in a video game you're trying to talk to. And they're like, skip the dialogue. Skip. (laughs) I think it's just they don't have any wheelchair ramps at Winterfell. Oh, yeah. Wait, so he kept showing up in the courtyard. Was he just out there the whole time? Like, somebody. I assumed. (laughs) That sucks. So then it's not as impressive. I thought he was like showing up when it was needed and being like, ha like I'm here. But he, if he's just like, you saw me, Jamie, like help me. Oh, so that is actually my favorite. That's my favorite scene in this entire episode. And the reunion that I was waiting for is Jamie seeing Bran and having that like, oh shit moment that they leave us with. I l- was living for it. <laughs> Yeah, and and that um, the actor who plays uh, Jamie Lannister, um, Nikolai. Yeah, Nikolai something something something. Um, he his acting is so good. The things he yeah. conveys with his face, and I mean, it's he's always been good in this series. But man, 
the look when he like sees Bran and then he recognizes him, the change in his face. Yep. That was it amazing. Was really, really good. Was and really like good. to have that be the final moment was like, yeah, uh, it was great. It was really good. So what I was, cannot what, wait to see what happens. <laughs> so what was your best moment and then worst moment of the episode? Uh, best and worst. What do we got? I think my, I don't know if it was my best moment, but like a moment that I greatly appreciated just because I also really love this character's arc was Sansa and Tyrion having their moment of like reunion sent Joffrey's wedding and bringing that up and Sansa saying how it had its moments like just her confidence and her like wit now I think that character has had one of the best arcs in the series from where she started in season one to where she is now and calling Tyrion out for believing Cersei uh, it was I thought that was like a maybe an underestimated scene, but like a very well done scene between those two actors. So I want to call you out here. I remember season one, you were saying, uh, I think Sansa was one of your least favorite characters. Like, why is she so whiny? And with with the Joffrey and uh, Cersei situation, you're like, ah. And that's why she has a great arc, right? You took a character that was like kind of annoying in the first season to like where she is now. Mm-hmm. I that was really good storytelling oh for me that's an easy one best moment when it was Tormund and Beric were walking uh in the the Umber Fortress and uh they bump into Ed from the Night's Watch and uh they just like scare the bejesus out of each other like I was waiting I was like oh no going into the dark area like he's gonna die he's gonna die and they had that little like playful banter about like him having blue eyes and I've always had blue eyes yeah I think that scene just showed a lot to me. First off, Tormund's amazing. But second of all, the the connection that the Night's Watch and the Free Folk now are, you know, used to be sworn enemies, essentially. And they're now, like, on a team. They're relieved to see each other. They're working together. And they're essentially, like, friends cracking jokes. Um, I thought that was a really cool way of showing that and, like, how things have changed there. Again, it's like that little interjection of comedy, right? And like right. what's overall a really dark show when they can put in those little moments where you like chuckle a little bit. Right. I think is important to the overall appreciation of the of the and story. Then, and then they scare the bejesus out of you right after. But, I mean, yeah, that's the game that's of how it works. Life. <laughs> yeah. What, what about the worst moment from this episode? Um, I know we already talked about it, but I think, yeah, the worst moment was... While I, like I said, I appreciated John being able to ride the dragons. Like that scene just seemed unnecessary to me in the length of it and like just the way it played out. They could have cut that. I would have rather seen something else be used with that. What if they just shorten it a little bit? Yeah, it just could have been shortened. Like, okay, okay, yes, he can ride a dragon. We all see that. He's for sure Targaryen. We got it. (laughs) What about you? Worst moment. Uh, my worst moment, I, I joke about the ship thing. That was just kind of a, like a, huh? Like clearly they don't have like if they had instead been like, here's 40 minutes of how they escape with the ships. I would probably be on the other side saying like, did we really need to see all of that? Like they got the ship, they got away. Uh, for me, I think the worst moment was that whole, the Braun situation when they, when Kyburn, uh, Kyburn comes in and gives him the crossbow and he makes that weird joke about one of them like dying of the pox soon or something. 
And I was just like, wait, why? Like, is that a joke? And like, Bronze, like, wait, which one? And it's like kind of funny. But then I'm like, why was that written in there? You know, I, is he now infected? And is that going to be some weird plot line where like he goes up and like everyone dies of like a benign like infection? I mean, or, that would be unexpected. Right. And now is there or some sort of. Or was it just a throwaway line that we're not supposed to like read into? Yeah. Then yeah, I don't know. Um, that was just weird. And I was like, well, that needs more clarification. It seemed like something maybe significant to the plot, but then it was handled in a way that wasn't. So then was it not significant? And maybe I'm just reading too much into it, but it was a little bit weird. I'm interested to see what they do with Kyburn with, uh, like, it seems like the, the Kingsguard, are they all now those like necromant, necromancy, like undead behemoths? I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Maybe uh, Casterly Rock is, or maybe uh, King's Landing is already having its own undead problems. Wait, so maybe the idea then is that, so I guess her Kingsguard will be immune to the Night's King because they're already dead and he can't like turn them. Oh, interesting. I, I wonder if that's How maybe- How does that work? I don't know, but he's got his own necromantic little thing going on. So I don't know, yeah. So overall, if you had to get this episode a grade, what do you say? I would say that it was a solid episode for laying the foundation for the rest of the six episodes, right? There was a decent amount of information. Um, I would say as far as first episodes, I'd put it up there pretty high. Um, I think it, it tugged on the heartstrings enough, gave us enough of like the, the, the fulfillment of seeing characters reunited that it'd be like in the, in the A range. Um, but as far as like a typical episode, you know, besides it being the introduction, um, I'm, I'm really looking more forward to ones a little bit further into the series, maybe like two or three episodes in where the conflict really starts to escalate. Obviously it's going to build up to some kind of climactic battle in the third episode or something, but, um, you know, it was a little bit, there were some spots that it was a little bit slow in this episode, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm still optimistic. It wasn't a bad episode. How about yourself? Uh, I think I'm going to go a little bit lower and say a B and only okay. because it was, like you said, it was a little bit on the slower side as far as narrative. I get what they're trying to do. Like they, we got to bring all these characters back to Winterfell. We got to have all these reunions. We're setting the stage for bigger things to come and that does need to happen. Um, there, they have a lot of threads open for conflict um so i while i appreciate that because we only have six episodes this season i'm like uh we got a we got a lot of ground to cover i feel like in Let's a short go. amount of time so we should we should maybe pick it up a little bit but i think it was a solid a solid b episode all right yeah, all right. Well, we'll see. We'll see where this goes, right? There's only five more episodes to go, uh, although they're going to be a little bit longer. And I realize now, you know, we talk for a bit about some of these smaller threads. When we get to like an 80-minute episode, there's going to probably be a lot to unpack there. So I might need to take notes or something. So, uh, you know, until next time, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, and we're looking forward to seeing what comes next. If you have any ideas or theories or things that we didn't talk about that you'd like us to talk about, shoot us a note. Uh, in the comments below check us out on facebook at on the table gaming and we hope you enjoyed the next uh, five episodes of game of thrones <laughs>